Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Good evening. This is Mike, and Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and culture. And waiter, there's culture in my food. There's a couple of things going on that I want you to know about, and also I want you to hear some music because this is the time of year, right around February, when winter doesn't seem to totally want to go away, when comfort food just seems more comforting than ever. Personally, I want to see a little more snow. I know I, I, I see you throwing things at your radio, but really a little more snow just to make things pretty again instead of this drippy, cold stuff, you know, and the colds you get from drippy, cold stuff. But in the meantime, there's a song that I want you to hear because it's on my CD player here. This is A Tribe Called Quest. It's called Ham and Eggs. And whether it's pro or con ham and eggs, it's kind of an ambiguous thing. And I think we should all just think about that for a moment. Okay? Let's just think. Chica. Occasional steak. Chicos on my plate. Asparagus tips look yummy, yummy, yummy. Candy M's inside my tummy. A collage of good eats. Some snacks, some nice treats. Apple sauce and some nice red beets. This is what we snacked on when we're questing. No second guessing. I don't eat no turkey beef jerky slim gems i eat sometimes i like lemon and limes and if not that i get the roti and the sour sauce sit back relax listen to some hip-hop gum drops of gummy bears tease my eyes a sight for sore ones and so up highs and all the goodies that are filled with goo with hot apple roots delectable 
controls my appetites. Monsters boy eat right, but I know what I like. Chicken for lunch, chicken for my dinner. Chicken, 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 I'm a finger licking winner. When breakfast time comes, I don't recognize. Big in the pan or a pair of bogey shots. Fixes new tomatoes, home fried potatoes, or anything with flair. Cook it, I'm in there. Pay attention to the tribe as we impose. This is how it goes. I don't eat no they eat gummy bears or do they just say that gummy bears look appealing? See, if I had gummy bears, I'd be very happy. That is A Tribe Called Quest and that is Ham and Eggs from their album People's Instinctive uh, from the album People's Instinctive Travels and the Paths of Rhythm. The Rhythm of Ham and Eggs. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. I'm Mike and you are you and I'm so glad. This is a show about food and food and culture and things happening in town. In Ann Arbor, right after this show at 7 o'clock, first of all, it's Face the Music with R. Wolf on WCBN. Also, beginning at 7 o'clock is a show put on by WCBN, sponsored by WCBN, at the B-side, which is a part of the Neutral Zone. Uh, and it's going to have three artists, one of whom is the main act, The Music Tapes, which is a project of Julian Coster. Of note to me because of food is that he was in the group Neutral Milk Hotel. I'm not neutral about milk. I pretty much have strong feelings about it, depending on the context. But nonetheless, he was in the group Neutral Milk Hotel and earlier in the group Chocolate USA. So it's all about food, all songs about food. Well, except for the ones that aren't. But the music tapes are going to headline. Also performing tonight, uh, opening acts, Nana Grizzle and Brian Dewan. They'll all be at the B-side, which is in the neutral zone in Ann Arbor. And that is located at 310 East Washington. Again, this concert is coming up at 7, and it goes on till about 11. So I wanted to play you something by one of the opening acts, Brian Dewan. We just had a treatise on ham and eggs, but it was still really ambiguous as to whether it was a positive or a negative treatise. And I think I think ambiguity is, is the way here, because we have a, a winter's day full of drippy rain, and it's all very ambiguousful. So Brian Dewan did this song called Tobacco's But an Indian Weed. Is he for it? Is he against it? Is it dubious to say such a thing? Or is it a doobie that we're talking about? Nonetheless, this is Brian Dewan and Tobacco's but an Indian Weed. The man plays the electric zither, and I think he plays it on this too, and he's going to be at the neutral zone in the B-side. That's 310 East Washington. Indian weed grows green at 
morn cut down that leaf It shows our decay we are but clay Think on this when you smoke tobacco The pipe that is so lily white In which so many take delight Gone with a touch, man's life is such Think on this when you smoke tobacco The pipe that is so foul within Shows how the soul is stained with sin It doth require the purging fire Think on this when you smoke tobacco The ashes that are left behind Doth serve to put us all in mind That unto dust return we must Think on this when you smoke tobacco So there, yeah, that's Tobacco's But an Indian Weed by Brian Dewan, who's going to be an opening act this evening at the B-Side, which is in the Neutral Zone, which is on Washington Street in Ann Arbor. It's a free concert put on by WCBN with opening act Brian Dewan, also Nina, sorry, Nana Grizzle, and the headliner is The Music Tapes. Something about that there song, this is from SibeliusMusic.com. Tobacco's but an Indian weed is contained in a manuscript of the reign of James I, himself a bitter hater of the weed, and author of the famous tract, A Counter Blast to Tobacco. I was just reading that the other day, and it's such a coincidence. George Withers, who wrote the words, was a Presbyterian satirist, according to Wood. Who is Wood? I don't know. And may well have written this song to show contempt for the king. However that may be, it secured great popularity on its own merits, and who would get, who would question that? Its symbolic character appealed strongly to the mass of people, and though it originally figured as a comic song in the married... Telephone is ringing. Is that my mother on the phone? The telephone is ringing. And though it originally figured as a comic song in the Merry Drollery collection of 1670, 
and in Tom Durfee's Wit and Mirth of 1690, it soon came into use as a hymn, being adapted by Ralph Erskine as a gospel sonnet under the title of Smoking Spiritualized. Yeah, smoking spiritualized. I like saying that with a deep voice. No less a person than Samuel Wesley reset the words of the original poem to music of his own, but the old air kept its place and is still sung in dissenting chapels in England and could be sung at the neutral zone tonight. Speaking of things you should think about and vices and that sort of thing, and well, here's the story. Um, the unthinkable has happened. This is from, actually, the Times Online, being of the London Times. This is from Peter Jones, the reporter there. The unthinkable has happened. So much whiskey is being exported that warehouses are being emptied and distilling companies are having to ration supplies. The, straw, the shortage affects only the industry's most expensive brands, 12-year-old and older malts, sales of which are booming, especially in the world's fastest-growing economy, China. Production in the 1990s, when they were first distilled, hit a low. Hence the shortage and a 500 million pound boom in building new distilleries and expanding old ones. A spokesman for the Edrington Group, makers of the Macallan, the world's third largest selling whiskey by volume, said it does look as though for certain ages of single malts, demand is exceeding supply. We can certainly sell everything we have got at the high end of the market. He said that sales of Macallan and Highland Park, another Edrington brand, have been particularly strong in the four countries believed to have the strongest potential for economic growth, Brazil, Russia, India, and China. The most spectacular growth in sales has been in the Far East. In 2007, Singapore, from where goods are distributed throughout East Asia, imported 47 million bottles of whiskey, an increase of more than 100% from 2006. And also, this is interesting, on psfk.com, says that arguably the most popular table drink in Chinese clubs and bars is a mixture of whiskey and green tea. Mmm. Amos Milburn, however, hasn't had such a great experience with the drink. Party. The cats were on 
We started out with soda and ended up all juiced on bad, bad whiskey. Bad, bad whiskey. Bad, bad whiskey made me lose my happy home. My baby's gone and left me. So sad because the blues have got me, and I've sure got them bad, bad, bad whiskey, bad, bad whiskey, bad, bad whiskey made me lose my happy home. Made him lose his happy home. That's that's sad. Amos Milburn, bad, bad whiskey. Oh, dear. Well, I think I must have been hitting the whiskey because I misspoke about the concert tonight. Thank you, Marvin, for calling. Um, the concert tonight is going on, but it is not actually free. I think I said free, and uh, there is a charge at the door, and you can find out about that. At the B-Side, which is in the neutral zone on Washington Street, but it proves to be a really cool show with the music tapes, Nana Grizal and Brian Dewan. It starts at 7 and continues through about 11-esque-ish. Speaking of bad, bad whiskey, I think it's starting to pound on my head. Let me see uh, what's happening in my brain here. Oh, oh, ouch. Ever feel like little mallets are in your head? Little mallets pounding on your brain? little horn sections in your brain. Yes, you know what I mean.
I told you that they were hitting spoons and forks together, would you believe me? Okay, then, that's what they're doing. It's a song about food. That's the Ethiopians and the whip. And it's also the sound in my head after drinking bad, bad whiskey like Amos Milburn drank. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. Arulf is going to help you to face the music in 10 minutes. But meanwhile, coming up this weekend at the Dreamland Theater in Ypsilanti, Children of the Corn, a puppet show based on the movie, based on a short story by Stephen King. The Dreamland Puppet Theater's Troops, the Dreamland Puppet Troops' interpretation of the classic horror story will be on Saturday, February 28th at 8 p.m., that's a puppet show version of Children of the Corn, based on the movie, based on the short story by Stephen King. The puppet show will be followed by the release party for the Worm Farmer's Almanac. Yeah. Also, a Worm Farm video retrospective with special guests Moon Elves and Confusion Reactor. This is all at the Dreamland Theater this Saturday at 8 p.m. It's at 26 North Washington Street in Ypsilanti, just off of Michigan Avenue. Now, something you should know, the salmonella outbreak has been going on for a while. This is in the U.S. News and World Report. They say at least 666 people have gotten sick. That's 666. Speaking of uh, whiskey and vice and tell you what, um, x-raying food has become just one notion that's being tested to prevent foodborne disease outbreaks. X-raying food. The new, tech, the new technologies and some controversial old ones like food irradiation with gamma rays which is a high-energy form of electromagnetic radiation, are gaining increased interest. When it comes to disinfecting ground beef and poultry, X-rays are more potent than gamma rays, so less radiation needs to be used. X-rays also may work better on nuts, meat, and other high-fat foods that tend to become rancid when irradiated with gamma rays. Researchers at Michigan State University are testing X-rays on walnuts and almonds, as well as ground beef. They've also launched a technology startup, Ray Fresh Foods of Ann Arbor, that's building an X-ray machine to treat ground beef for Omaha steaks. The machine uses higher doses of X-rays than a medical X-ray machine does. So, it's probably more expensive than taking your food, putting it in a bag, and putting it through the X-ray machine at Detroit Metro Airport, but it also probably won't get you in trouble with the Homeland Security, Transportation Security Administration or stuff. Also, you should know that a tiny shrimp-like creature that forms a crucial link to the Great Lakes food web has all but disappeared from Lake Michigan because of competition from invasive foreign mussels. Observations over a decade have documented a 96% drop-off of the species known as Diparea, I'm going to say, according to scientists with the Great Lakes Environmental Research Laboratory in Ann Arbor. During that period, the lake's population of quagga mussels rose dramatically. Hmm. The quagga mussel is a thumbnail-sized invader from Eastern Europe. It's believed to have hitched a ride to the Great Lakes in ballast water of a transatlantic cargo ship in 1989, three years after the arrival of its better-known cousin, the zebra mussel. Do they check the ticket stubs for the quagga mussels? Is that how they know 1989? I'm not sure, but both have spread rapidly across most of the Great Lakes, with the quaggas inhabiting cold, dark waters that zebra mussels avoid. They eat the same types of algae on which the diparea relies. Diparea is a dietary staple for bottom feeders such as whitefish, and so because of the competition from the quagga mussels which are eating the diparea, fish are getting smaller and less morsely. Just to warn you about all the terrible things, the horrible things, there is tobacco, there is bad, bad whiskey, children of the corn horrifying us, there is drippy, drippy rain, which is really, really um, drippy, and salmonella outbreak, 
fought by x-rays and a tiny shrimp-like creature called the quagga mussel. Now, the tiny shrimp-like creature being eaten by the quagga mussel. It's all important that we get this all together in one package here and bring it to you as one show, Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. I'm going to recap one more event before we go, and that is at the Dreamland Theater. That is a production of Children of the Corn, a puppet show based on the movie, based on the short story by Stephen King. That's going to be at the Dreamland Theater on Saturday, this Saturday at 8 p.m. It'll be followed by the release party for the Worm Farmer's Almanac. Hooray! And a Worm Farm video retrospective will follow with special guests, the Moon Elves and Confusion Reactor. I've been Mike. Thank you for helping me be confused. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and we're going to leave with some good news. As a matter of fact, Amos Milborn has given us some good news. He's feeling a lot better now that he knows that something is going to happen in this town with, for instance, the WCBN event at the B-Side in the Neutral Zone, coming up starting at 7 with the music tapes Nana Grizzal and Brian Dewan. Bad, bad whiskey, now that he thinks of it, actually isn't nearly so bad, is it? Not nearly so. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Please, good, good.
Thank you, Amos Milburn. Bad, bad whiskey has turned good, 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 and that's good. Just got a call from a fellow. Thank you for calling the pronunciation of the poor shrimp-like creature that is under siege from the quagga mussel is the diapariah. So take a moment to think for the diapariah and wish it the best. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Coming up in a moment, Arwolf will help you all to face the music. Coming directly from the Hilton Hotel. On top of the Hilton Hotel. For your entertainment pleasure. WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. If you're any further left, you'd be watching TV. While the train is in the station, cross your legs and grit your teeth and smile. If you wish to pass some water, you should sing up for the porter who will place a basin in the bog. Tramps and hobos underneath will get it in the eye and teeth, but that's what comes from being underdog. If the ladies' room be taken, do not feel the least forsaken. Never show the sign of sad defeat. Try the gents across the hall, and if some man has felt the call, he'll courteously relinquish you his seat. Passengers will please refrain from flushing toilets while the train is in the station. Darling, I love you. My occupation after dark is goosing statues in the park. If Sherman's horse can take it, why can't you? Run 